Salute Nation. It's December 22nd, 2022, 324 a.m. on the East Coast, and it's currently 26 degrees out here this morning. Episode 32. I got mostly sports. Going to go over some uh, Hoya news, recaps, who they face next. Some Notre Dame news, some Bulls news, some Yankee news, and Major League Baseball news. Um, as well as I'm going to go over a preview for the Raiders and Steeler game, which will include stats, um, all-time stats, and um, team rankings with both teams. I'll also give my keys to victory, which is pretty much basic football one-on-one knowledge of, of, of the sport, which it's elementary for a lot and should be because it's football and it's not. Listen, the, the, there's no rocket science to football. There just isn't. Each level gets harder because the level's harder. But the basic is still the same. And that's what I'll go over. But before I head to that, it's a sad world. More so sad news when it comes to the passing of someone. Anyone. And yesterday the football world lost Franco Harris. He died at the age of 72. So condolences to his family. Um, and may he rest in peace. So a moment of silence for Franco Harris. Which begins now. Rest in peace, Franco. Um, other news. Well, it's basically weather related. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, winter sucks. It really does, and a lot of this this weather that's coming now. It's 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 going to impact a lot. It's going to impact a lot. It's going to have an impact on a lot of football games. It's going to impact the holiday. It's it's going to impact. It's 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 it might be a record breaking, um, historical in some ways. Some areas are going to get more snowfall than others. I uh, I hope that it doesn't. Um, our area is supposed to get, you know, maybe maybe three to six. Three to four inches, maybe, but the problem with what we are going to have, and I'm only going to go myself, it's it's from rain to snow, and it's going to get cold. I mean, extremely cold. I, I'm talking teens to single digits with a wind gust of 60 to 65 miles an hour. That means that power outages are most likely to happen. 
It's going to be freezing. It might be rivalry to uh, the 91-92 uh, snowstorm that happened here in New York. That was, that was, that was, there was something about that. Yeah. Didn't have school for like a week. Yeah, it was no fun. And that's the thing that scares me the most of in wintertime is the power outage. So far, we haven't had any. And we've had a few snow uh, storms with wind gusts. So, and, and it may not happen. It may not happen to that to that drastic that I'm talking about. I hope it doesn't. Because, you know, this is a holiday, right? You got Saturday is Christmas Eve. Sunday is Christmas Day. Nobody wants to have power outage at Christmas. But then again, uh, that's that's first world problems. Right? If if I'm only worried about that because of that, uh, th- what does that show? <laughs> I mean, there's people that are not even celebrating, not because they can't celebrate or don't celebrate, it's because some of them, are, you know what I mean? They're financially, they're not able to or, or, or whatever reason. So it isn't about that. It just, it's like, fuck. <laughs> you know, family gets together, you know, that stuff, the immediate family. But power outages suck just because of the temperature alone. That's why. That's the ultimate reason for me why I don't. I, I This storm has me more worried than others. It's supposed to be from Friday morning to Monday morning. That's the watch. Which means it's likely to occur. Now there are other areas that are going to have it worse. And it's, like I said, it's going to impact a lot of NFL games. The Chicago Bills game, because it's in Chicago. Chicago's going to get it. Detroit's going to get it. Indiana's going to get it. A lot of places. Pittsburgh is going to get so probably the freezing of it all. Hell, I mean, I don't know how far stretches it goes. I don't. I didn't really... I don't even pay attention to the weather for me. You know, but, I mean, hell, California just got done handed than uh, an earthquake. What is it, 6.7? Something like that? With deaths in it. Jesus. They're not even going to be able to be there for the holidays. They're, those families are suffering as we speak. Not because of the fear of the earthquake, but the loss of a loved one. That's why even though it's a holiday, it doesn't mean that that shit can't happen. You know, that's why I don't look at, even though holidays are fun for me because of uh, family get-togethers, but ultimately, person's health is more important. I would trade... You know, my pleasures and all that stuff for people's health. Take it. If somebody who needs power, say they're on oxygen or, or whatever, or they're elderly or, or, or a child, and they need electricity and heat and stuff like that, I'd rather power go out of my house for them to have power of theirs. I'd rather it goes out here. 
Obviously, I can't control that. But I'd rather have that to happen. Because here's the thing. I can find how to get warm. I don't I don't have oxygen tanks. I'm not a child. I'm not elderly. It's, it, it just will be an inconvenience. I just won't be able to watch the Raider game. You know what I mean? That that's that's less. You know what I mean? Okay, I mean it's a luxury and but it's it's not like if I don't watch this, oh my god. It's the end of the world. <laughs> so that's what it puts it, it puts it back in perspective is what I'm getting at. So yeah, so there's that weather. That's the only news really. As far as you know, the death of Franco and the weather which is going to impact a lot so it's going to suck and i know there's probably most likely going to be power outages and somebody's going to die which sucks you know so for those who are in this pattern look it up um my prayers for you um so yeah stay safe out there Stay safe. Don't go and do unnecessary travel. Save that for um, you know the 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 people who are trained for this, and it'll be all right. It's you know I mean and and, and it, I'm saying this, and it could very well be no power outages, and you know, and I hope that. I I hope that because I like my luxuries. I do. I'm not gonna lie. I love technology that much, and I need it. But if there's no more of it, I can still survive. It's just a luxury of it all. That's all. So what would I do if the power does go out? First of all, same thing as always, but without the power. So instead of using computer... I will limit limit my phone access only if needed. My ch- phone is going to be good news is my battery is pretty good on my phone. So, you know, keep it charged and limit the calls and texts and usage and, you know. Uh, just make sure you're drinking your fluids. Stay warm. You know, make sure you have batteries and, you know, read books, write, stuff like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can't do all the other stuff that I like to do, you know, the graphic design work. and But, you know. So, for those that are on Discord, on YouTube and stuff like that, if you don't see me there at the game or watching the game with you guys or, you know, on Ben's show or anything like that, or if I'm not in Discord and I'm not communicating, you know why. And the why is, is, well, because I'm not capable of doing that. I'm not able to. <laughs> not not really capable, but I'm not able to at that moment. And that's all, really, of that. Um, so this one would do. That's really it of the news. Like I said, 
I'm going to take a little quick intermission. Hit you with some transition. And then come back with sports. So, you know the drill. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back. Now it's time for the the sports talk. I enjoy the sports talks. I mean, I enjoy the openings and stuff like that as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but that static or that transition, I should say, <laughs> is called Static City Drumline. See how easy I can fuck up all the time? I think every episode I have a lot of fuck ups. That's all right. I'm cool with that. So I'm going to start in the college as I always do, and work my way to the pros, finish off with the Raiders, the Raider game, or, you know, my the preview of it. So, college, I'm going to start off with college basketball, which means the Hoyas. I left off with the Hoyas traveling to Connecticut to take on the second rank or third rank, whatever rank they were at that time, um, the Huskies of UConn. I mentioned the history between the two schools, you know, how the Huskies are or were 29 and 19 overall, 4 and no win streak against the Hoyas, um, all of them which are blowouts. And I even gave my prediction. And I, the prediction was that UConn will win. And I was right. I was right. UConn won 84-73. Wasn't a blowout. But Hoyas really didn't cut it really close. The closest I think was was maybe seven points, I think. So now the Huskies are 30-19 overall. 5-0 is the win streak. Georgetown is now 5-8, in the Big East. Next game is December 29th against the 6-6 six six with an 0-1 Big East record in DePaul Blue Demons. Now, that record for DePaul could change before they meet up against the Hoyas due to the fact that on December 25th, Christmas Day, DePaul faces Creighton. So DePaul could be either six or seven or seven and six. Oh and two or oh and one in the big east. Or uh, one and one in the big east before they face Georgetown. Hoyas lifetime are sixteen and seven against the Blue Demons but are currently on a two-game losing streak against them. My prediction for this game, normally I would love to go with my team, and normally I do sometimes. Actually, no, I don't. I'm a realistic fan. I don't think we're going to win every game. It just it, I go by feeling. I go by record, and I go by feeling how they play it. I think I think DePaul's gonna win. 
I, I do. I, I don't. Georgetown's not there yet. They're not there yet. I think they were playing better in their, you know, in the beginning of the season, and then just, I just, I don't see them winning in this game. It's sad too. It really is. It's sad. It really is sad. I don't think, I don't think Georgetown under Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing was a great player, but they really haven't been a good, good, good solid team. And here's why. Under Patrick Ewing, right? Their first his first year was 2017, 2018. He was 15 and 15. 15 and 13 in the Big East, eighth place in it, no postseason or no tournament. His second year, which is 2018, 2019, 19 14, 99 in the Big East, tied for third. NIT, they were in and lost in the first round. Now, obviously, 2019-2020 was 15-17, or 5-13, the Big East, tied for eighth. Uh, no postseason held due to, obviously, what occurred. 2020-2021, 13-13, in the Big East, eighth, which was eighth. Did qualify, which is weird, for an NCAA Division you know, the, the tournament. Exit out quick, you know, first round. And at 2021, 2022, 6-25. and 19 in the Big East. 11th overall. I, you know, I mean, it's it's so hard. Because the Hoyas used to be a team that used to be great. I, I'm serious. Even John Thompson the third, the 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 you know John Thompson senior son. He had some good years. He did. He did. Like he had, I think he had, let's see, he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten, eleven winning seasons. Count on memory. Okay, let me look. One, two. His first year he went 19 and 13, which was in 2004, 2005, after taking over for Craig Asterick. I think that's how you pronounce it. Then he went 23 and 10, 30 and 7, which was a final four appearance. Sweet 16 in the second year. First year. See, we did not miss other than the final two of his years as the head coach when he went 15 and 16 or 15 and 18 and 14 and 18 in 2015 and 16, 2016, 2017. Otherwise, we were in we were in tournaments. NIT qualifier. Or quarterfinal in his first year. The NCAA tournament, Sweet 16. Then the final four, his third year. With 30 and 7. And, you know, that's when the relevancy was, was during those years. 2014, 2015 was pretty much the last time we were actually relevant. 
12 and 6 in the Big East. Tied for second in there. NCA division third round. Sure, we, we qualified under Patrick Ewing three uh twice in out of his five years. And NIT first round, NCA division, you know, that 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 tournament first round. You know, even under Craig Ashrick. Well, I, 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 John Thompson Jr., by the way, wasn't senior, junior. <laughs> and that is the third. His father, <laughs> the big man, I should say. But Ashrick took over in 88 or 98, 99 for or from John Thompson Jr. 16 and 15, 6 12 in the Big East, the original Big East, by the way. And then 10th overall, or, or, or I think that was 10th of something. Yeah, 10th in the conference, or the conference. NIT first round. And then Craig went on with 19 and 15, 25 and 8 was his first best year, really. Because other than, you know, obviously we had, you know, we were doing NITs then. But that final period of that 2000 and 2001, ah, Jesus. I mean, we went, you know, we, we went to the sweet 16. Of course, the last time the Hoyas won, won a title, you know, the NCAA title wasn't 83 and 84, you know, but we were, you know, we, we, we've had, it's been a struggle. It's been a struggle. It hasn't been the same. I totally forgot about the playoff, you know, the tournament appearances under uh, Patrick Ewing. <laughs> sad. It really is sad. So, now that I'm done talking about the Hoyas, I'm going to switch it to the college side still and talk about the Irish. Reminder. That December 30th is the Gator Bowl, where the whole I almost did it, almost did it. Actually, I, I almost slipped out. I'm sure you guys heard the Hoyas out of that. But the Irish will face the South Carolina Gamecocks. I know it's a funny name. So there was this article that I want to read. It's uh, it's you can read it also on FightingIrishWire.usa today.com this was written by nick shipkowski on december 21st article and the headline is this notre dame named among colleges football signing day losers now i don't recall them being named that by the way but i will read this article Notre Dame head coach Marcus Freeman signed what was an impressive first recruiting class as college football's early signing period officially opened on Wednesday. The Irish landed 24 letters of intent in what is seen nationally as a top 10 recruiting class. Keep in mind the headline. 
just from that alone, how the fuck is it? The how is that that headline? How is it a Notre Dame name among college football signing day losers? When that you know that open paragraph makes that look stupid, All right? And then here's a follow up to it. As impressive as the class is. The national narrative surrounding the Irish is not how good the class is, but how good it could have been. What? But if it's a top 10, I mean, out of all the college programs, to be in the top 10 is remarkable. Especially for a head coach coming into his second full year as a head coach. Top 10 recruiting class. Remember the headline, Notre Dame name among college football signing day losers. How? How? When they're top 10. When it was listed as a top 10. How is it a freaking class of losers or amongst the losers with that? Makes no fucking sense. And then, as impressive as the class is, the national narrative surrounding the Irish is not how good the class is, top 10, but how could it could have been. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. But it's still a top 10 class. Eric Smith of USA Today Sports. Who the fuck is Eric Smith? Anybody know? I, I sure the hell don't. Named early signing period winners and losers, noting Notre Dame as the later. I don't know who Eric Smith is. He sounds like a clown. So this is what I'm going to do. Right? I'm Copy and pasting Eric Smith's name of USA Today. And look at him. Oh, Jesus Christ. This guy looks like a fucking retard. Oh, wait, no. That was the murderer. Eric Smith is that Eric Smith murderer thing. My bad. <laughs> oh, there he is. There he is. Look at this. Look at this peach. He's a college reporter. That's who he is. He covered the World Cup. He looks like a little, um, you know, you know, no. <laughs> I'm probably going to have the LGBTQQHRSPUVWXYMZ crew coming after me anyway. So be it. But yeah, I mean, look at this guy. What knowledge does he have of the sport? He's probably a better speaker than I will ever be. Right? He's probably a better writer than I will ever be. But what is his credentials to fucking say what is good and what isn't in sports? Who the fuck is he? All he shows is Eric Smith, college reporter. Hmm? Yeah, okay, so he has a lot of, you know, you, you look at what he's done. He's written a lot of art, uh, um, articles. Congratulations. You're a writer. Congratulations, geek. 
Now I say that because I'm a geek too. I'm a technology geek. I can write too. I'm a screenwriter. I've written tons of scripts. Never, you know, never put them through. But that's beside the point. Again, let's talk about this article. Notre Dame named among college football signing day losers that is reported or said or even listed by the schmuck Eric Smith. Who the fuck is Eric Smith again? I mean, he contradicts himself. Headline, Notre Dame named among college football signing day losers. Notre Dame head coach. Marcus Freeman signed what was an oppressive first recruiting class. Why do you open that up with the headline that you wrote and then open up with it was an oppressive first recruiting class as college football's early signing period officially opened on Wednesday. The Irish landed 24 letters of intent in what is seen nationally as a top 10 recruiting class. From the headline to that first paragraph just doesn't make any sense. As an impressive as the class is, the national narrative, no, it's not national narrative, is probably yours. Surrounding the Irish, it's not how good the class is. What the hell does it matter? That's the only thing that matters. It's the good class. But how good it could have been Eric Smith of USA Today Sports name early signing period winners and looters Notre Notre Dame as the later. You're a geek. You are a flat out geek. First of all, I want to know, are you a Notre Dame fan? If yes, then I understand you being harsher because you're a Notre Dame fan. And I would understand that even more. But if you're not, and you're just a a writer who thinks that you know about the game, and who you deemed as, regardless of that, though, you contradict everything you claimed. From headline, that didn't make sense after you read an article of this, how do you list a class of college or how do you, saying it's a top 10 recruiting class, what is seen nationally as, that means nationally it's as a top 10 class, dummy. As impressive as the class is, you also noted, the national narrative means again, Nationally, it's being narrative as such. Serrano Irish is not how good the class is, but how good it could have been. Oh, my God. Now, I get the part that you want to strive to be better, but what, Eric Smith? 
what credentials do you have to deem something better or not? And then you listed what you list. It wasn't that the Irish didn't do well in Mark Freeman's first full class. They finished comfortably in the top 10 with running back Jeremiah Love and defensive back Christian Gray signing from the St. Louis High School and in-state linebacker Drake Bowen coming aboard. However, this had the potential to be one of their best classes in decades before defection of Keeley and expecting loss of Bowen. Two players that are the profile the program needs to win in the playoff, says Eric Smith. You're a bonehead. As strong as I think the North Dame class remains, Smith's point is very difficult to argue against. No, idiot. It is very, very easy to argue against because what fucking point is he making? This could be the class that ultimately returns Notre Dame to a national championship level. But it'd be a lot easier to see what if Keeley and Bowen both remain in the class instead of bolting. <sighs> you know, I'm not even going to pick on you, Nick. You're only writing what your fellow dummy says. I mean, after all, this is on USA Today. So you probably are eating dinner right now with your boyfriend. Too soon. Was that a wrong thing to say? Might have been. But I don't care. I don't care. I just don't get it. How do you go from a headline, Notre Dame named among college football signing day losers, to Notre Dame head coach Mark Freeman sign what was an impressive first recruiting class as college football's early signing period officially opened on Wednesday. The Irish landed 24 letters of intent in what is seen nationally as a top 10 recruiting class. As impressive as the class is, the national narrative surrounding the Irish is not how good the class is, but how good it could have been. But yet, there was no notes of who's this this narrative of national people who have the credentials to deem something better or not. It states, however, one Eric Smith of a USA Today Sports. See, the headline should have been this, Nick. Listen up, son. A co-writer of USA Today that I happenly know or work for as well says to me one time or after this 
this this this this attempt that yo hey listen Notre Dame did a pretty good job however it could have been better if that was the article that would have been okay I would have been like all right cool top 10 regardless yeah could have been better sure I just <laughs> Eric Smith I don't care what you name who is the winners and losers. Noting Notre Dame as a I don't care of your point because you have no point. What is your credentials to deem somebody as is? Hmm? Huh? What? Who? You're a clown. You're a jester. Nick, you follow the same suit. Now, I'm not as aggravated with you with this because you probably had to get the article out. You're probably, you know, scratch for, you know, for time and stretch or stretch for time. And you had to get something out. So, hey, there's my buddy, Eric Smith. Look at this article. Hey, we both write sports stuff and, you know, Hey, look at this. Okay, it's college, you know, signings and people are blah, blah, blah. Hey, it's Notre Dame. All you got to do is mention Notre Dame and you're going to get raid. Some people are going to read this shit. I mean, I, I bet. I bet because it's Notre Dame. Good job. Congratulations on me reading this. Ah, fucking clowns. So, let's talk about some bowls now. Last time I talked about the bowls, they just got crushed by the Timberwolves on December 18th. So, let's talk about the next game which was December 20th. The Bulls defeated the Hawks, 113-103. And then they had a follow-up game, or following game, which was yesterday, December 21st, where the Bulls defeated the Hawks, 110-108. They're now 13-18, two-game win streak. Next game is December 23rd, where they look to seek revenge on the 18 and 14 New York Knicks, who took back-to-back games from them on December 14th and December 16th. My prediction, the Bulls will win. I think they seek their revenge and get it. Yep, I'm standing by that. So, all right, this is what I'm going to do because I, my mouth is getting dry because of, I didn't plan on reading that article this long and then go on a little, okay, yes, I did. I did. I did. I, I have to bash, you know, I have to rant sometime, you know, and I, I hopefully I get this all out so I don't have to rant after the Raider game. 
I'm just putting that out there. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit you all with another transition. It might be the same one. It might be a static city drum line or something else. We'll, we'll see. So hold tight. I'm going to get some water. And then I'm going to pick it off. I'm going to do talk. I'm going to talk Yankees and then finish it off with um with the Raiders. So again, don't go away. So let's go with um some MLB first before I get into the Yankee talk. Confusing that happened with Korea and the Giants. Now, anytime you hear a contract about agreement of terms, normally that is that is pending a physical. And according, and that's with every team, right? Every team that has that is doing that. And anytime you're looking at the signing a free agent or trade, you're allowed to look at their medical records. So, Correa is usually healthy, right? I mean, I'm not looking at his stats or anything, but the last two years, he's been pretty healthy. And the Giants signed him for, what was it, 13, 14 years, whatever, 360 mil. You know, they lost out on Judge. They lost out on re-signing Radon. They made a couple of splashes, you know, minor splashes, but pretty good pickups. And, and their big prize was Correa. But then I get the alert of <laughs> of that the Giants are not going to sign them or, or or something with the with their the medical. So due to medical concerns is why the Giants didn't sign them. And then I get the alert when I was on uh, Dirty's live, and I broke it. And I said, breaking news, Correa is not signing with the Giants. He just signed a 12-year, 315-mil deal with the Mets. I'm still shocked of that, guys. I, <laughs> To Giant fans, I don't know how... If you would have got Carrera, Carrera, Correa, I, you know, I can't pronounce his name. I don't know why I keep trying. I think I say it right, though. I don't know. But if you would have got him, you would have had yourself an offensive threat that would help that lineup. It would have stretched it out. That's That's what good pieces do. He's a good performer in the postseason. I mean, he, he's a veteran at that. He's a good defender.
but holy shit, is this a slap of face of uh, an owner that stated before the season ended that he was going to go out and just sign a lot of people. Like, money is not the object. And I tried to try tell Giant fans who said judges come, and I said, you. well, first I said you can have them, and I stand by that. Listen, I'm not a fan of Judge as far as the postseason numbers. He sucks. But I also was playing devil advocate and seeing, well, you know, maybe it's due to the fact of the manager. Well, the manager is still there. Booney still there. So let's put people around him. And that's, you know, so he doesn't have to feel he's the guy. Well, you know, what's done is done. Judge signed with the Yankees. We'll resign with the Yankees on a nine-year, uh, $350, million deal. Someone's around that ballpark. So the Giants lost out on him and then Rodon, the, the pitcher. He's a Yankee now. I'm happy about that. The Yankees not done doing moves, but you know, but wow, the Mets. <laughs> See, listen, in the American League, not discrediting any other team, but it is the Yankees and Astros. You got Toronto who can make a noise, sure. Texas could probably, you know, the Texas Rangers probably could make some noise. Maybe Seattle. But the, the, it's really, you can tell it's going to be a Yankee Astros. It just has that feeling of a, of a, you know, here we go again. You know. National League. I mean, Dodgers are not out of it. Dodgers are not out of anything because they have a good pipeline of young talent with veteran stars. Sure, they lost. They lost quite a few. But they gain. They gain quite a few as well. Padres making moves. They still got St. Louis. They could do good. Milwaukee could be good. But the Mets... I think right now it's Mets and Padres are the heavy favorites in, in the National League. I think they're the favorites in the National League. But there's, you know, there's four or five other teams that could have a say. And offseason is not over yet, so you don't know. And obviously there's injuries that could occur. So I'm just saying what it is right now. So, yeah, so. Giant fans, how you feeling? Mets fans, how you feeling? Mets are good. <laughs> Resigning Nemo or Nimo, whatever, whatever is. They got, you know, they lose the Grum and they picked up Verlander instead. Holy shit. That's a good starting rotation as well. And their offense is good. Not yet Carrera. It's New York is a it's a different ball game. It's a different beast. So now the Yankee news. They uh they designated assignment two players. Junior Fernandez, he's a right-handed pitcher, and left-handed pitcher Lucas Leggy or Lutegi, L-U-E-T-G-E. 
uh, just to make room for Conley and and uh, Rondon. Uh, speaking of Rondon, his press conference is later on today. I don't remember what time. But yesterday's press conference, it was Judge officially re-signing with the Yankees. And I'm going to list some names off. Clark Griffith. Norman the Kid Elberfield or Elberfield. Henry, William Henry Keeley, a.k.a. Wee Willie. Hal Chase. Frank Chance. Rolly Zider or Zeter. Roger Peckinpog. P-E-C-K-I-N. P-A-U-G-H. Babe Ruth. Lou Gehrig. Thurman Munson. Greg Nettles. Willie Randolph. Ron Guidry. Don Manley. Derek Jeter. Aaron Judge. Those on that list, now 16, are the captains, prior and current. Before Judge was named captain, the 16th captain of the New York Yankees, on December 21st, 2022, there were 15. Obviously, if you go from six, 15 to 16. Before Derek Jeter was named captain in 2003, which he served as captain of the Yankees from 2003-2014, which is 11 years. He is the longest reigning or longest ever captain of the Yankees. Before that, Roger Peckinpeg, who served as the Yankee captain from 1914 to 1921, which is seven years. Now, Thurman Munson was a captain when I became a Yankee. From 76 to 79. A reason why he would have he, it stopped at 79 because of his death. He died in a plane crash. Yeah, I was six years old when he died. And then after that was Greg Nettles, who served from 82 to 84. Willie Randolph served as 86 to 88. And Ron Guidry served as 80, 1986 to 1989. What's cool about that is Willie Randolph and Guidry were the only two Yankee captains at the same time. Guidry was the final one that survived that, those two. 
which he ended his in 89. Then there wasn't a Yankee captain again until 1991 with the name of Don Manley, who served from 1991 till his retirement in 95, where he served four years as the Yankee captain. And then Derek Jeter was not named until 2003. So from 95 or so from 96 on, and that means 96 to World Series year. 98, the World Series year. 97, we got taken out by the Cleveland. You know, I mean, it wasn't named. Jeter was not named captain until 2003. So by that time, we already won. Let's see, 96, 98, 99, 2000. Because we lost in 2001. So 2003. What he's named, of course. He then we won it in two thousand and nine, and now Judge is the sixteenth captain of the New York Yankees. I listen. I mean, he is a captain worthy. He is, you know. He he's loved by his teammates. He's respected by his teammates. You know, and captain doesn't necessarily have to be your fiery guy. It just means the guy that you people respected. And who answers the question in the tough media crowd of New York? So, yeah, so now it's time for the main event, which is good. I just did my hand roll or, you know, rubbing my hands together. Raiders against the Steelers. It will be the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate or, you know, Immaculate Reception, or some say Deception. It was not a catch, by the way. So that's where a lot of it says Deception. That game took place in Pittsburgh. It was an AFC divisional playoff game between the Raiders and the Steelers. December 23rd, 1972. I was not yet born. Hey, this game's going to be different. You know that? The celebration, Franco was going to be there, but he's no longer in the world. He died. December 23rd is, it's, it's going to be Friday. Wait, no, it's going to be Saturday. No, Friday, right? What's today? Well, for me, it's Thursday, so tomorrow's Friday, yeah. And it's the 22nd today, so. Yeah, so Friday will be officially the 50th, you know, that 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 that, that day. Or that, you know, the same time but different year. So it'll be 50th anniversary is the game. Because it's Saturday, the game was played. Both teams are coming in at 6 and 8. Both teams have a shot at the postseason. Both teams are mathematically in it. Both teams have to win out. History between the two, besides that postseason game, Raiders are 17-13 and 13 all-time against the Steelers. Two-game win streak. Carr is 2-1 against the Steelers. 1-1 one one in Pittsburgh. 
Now I'm going to go over stats or rankings, I should say. Raiders have the 11th rank offense, 24th rank defense. 10th in scoring, 23rd in allowing the score. 19th in third down, ranked in third downs. They are 21st ranked in the third down defense. 5th in fourth down offense. 14th in fourth down defense. 25th in red zone offense. 26th in red zone defense. 13th in rushing the offense. 15th in rushing defense. 13th in passing offense. 26th in passing defense. 14th in time of possession for both sides, offense and defense. 31st in takeaways. Terrible. Very good in offensive, well, in giveaways. Ranked number third. Steeler side. Same same uh, category. They're 26th offense. 19th ranked defense. For scoring, they're 27th ranked offense. 13th ranked defense in allowing. Third down defense offense, they're ranked 8th, 14th in defense. Fourth down, they're ranked 20th. Oh, no, they're ranked 4th. See, they're ranked 8th in, in scoring, right? No, ranked 8th in third down and ranked 14th. They're ranked 4th. In fourth down offense and ranked 27th in D. Red zone offense, they're ranked 20th and they're ranked 7th on defense in the red zone. Rushing offense, they're ranked 18th, ranked 7th on defense. And in passing, they're ranked 24th on offense and as well as 24th on defense. 16th rank in takeaways, 13th rank in giveaways. Ranked 7th both on offense and defense as time of time and possession. The weather, for, the weather forecast... Going to be about 12 degrees. Could be seven or below, depending on you know the you know the the wind. Got calm for 14, 14 mile an hour wind. Got to remember that stadium was right on that river, and it gets cold. It's it's going to be cold. It's going to be cold regardless. And remember, this is an eight o'clock game, eight o'clock Eastern game, so it's going to get colder. So it might be colder than that 12 degrees. Definitely might be closer to that 7 or below. Now I'm going to talk about the keys to victory. Football is an elementary game. It's not that hard. Teams that make it harder are the teams that don't win. This doesn't mean don't take chances. But this just means play the basic way. 
Keep it simple. So run the ball. If whatever team can run the ball solidly and and uh, 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 efficiency and, and and continually, they will win. Whoever controls the clock will win. Whoever wins the trenches will win. And who will capitalize and minimize the turnovers will win. I think we got a better offense. I mean, 11th rank is better than 26. They got a better defense, although our defense is not playing bad. I think our defense can beat their offense. They do got Pickett back. I think he's going to be back. We're definitely better than them in the scoring. Except for, well, on offense, we could score on them. They're pretty good at defense and scoring. We're 23rd. That's not bad. Third down, they're better on offense than we are, but. And and on def- and on the defensive side, fourth down we're better on them as as that. Well, on offense we're we're neck neck fourth and fifth. We're better on them as defense. The red zone side of it, we're terrible. Twenty fifth on offense, twenty six on defense. Well, there are they are what did I say they were. 20th on offense, 7th on defense. So they, they're not that good in offense-wise, but but their defensive is solid in the red zone. We're better at keeping, you know, not, not giving the ball away. You know, that's at 1.0 a game, where the worst is 1.9 or 1.8, somewhere around there. Better or less than one, obviously, which is, you know, two more or better than us. We suck at taking away. If we can take away, we're going to win this. If we get on a better field position, we're going to win this. If we want, we can run the ball better. We got a better running attack. But they got a good run defense too, and ours is you know not too bad. It's been better than it was. Overall, I'm gonna give my prediction. I'm not gonna say of the score. I'm not gonna give a score prediction. Regardless of it being the 50th anniversary and a celebration for the Steelers of that deception. And regardless of Franco Harris dying and they got something to play for more, we also do too. We got a playoff possibility just like them. Even though it's in Steeler land. And it's going to be fucking cold. And we're a dome team. Car doesn't really do good in the cold.
We're going to win. We're going to win. We are going to win. I believe we're going to win. And here's why. Another week under the belt for Waller and Renfro. That's going to gel with this offense. And we got JJ. Now, I also don't know what's going on with the injury report either. So I don't know. But I'm still picking the Raiders to win. We're going to be 7 and 8. Yep. We're going to be 7 and 8. And then we only got to worry about two more games to decide what's the next move. But you can only focus on this game alone. Christmas Eve showdown. Steelers, Raiders. This rivalry of the 70s will be reborn. Not because of history of the of the deception or the death of Franco Harris, but when these two teams play, it's 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 they're good games. Anything can happen, of course. But these history between these two, 17 and 13. Glad we got the upper edge. Glad we're on a two-game win streak. Carr's 2-1. He's 1-1 one one in Pittsburgh. He is 1 in Pittsburgh. Not as this cold, but remember, it's going to be cold for Steelers, too. There's a difference. Home field advantage is a home field advantage. But if you constantly do not play in this type of weather, like, think about it. Think about it with the Bills and, and Bears that are coming up this week. It's in Chicago. Bears are, Bills are used to playing in extreme cold, too. But this is supposed to be, this game is going to be probably historic game of coldness for the Bears and the Bills. Like, they're talking about postponing that. That's how cold this is going to be. I mean, they're talking, I can't remember the coldest game, but this one is definitely up there, if not the most cold, the worst, the the, the coldest game that is going to be played. Is arguably. That Bills game and Bears versus Bears is going to be like negative 21 of the windshield. That's what's going to make it feel like. I don't know if that's changed, but. But holy shit, there's going to be a lot of games impacted by this weather. Listen, I love football and living in New York. The only time really I, I remember football, organized football in the snow was never, maybe once. But as I've, we, I played in cold games. Most of the time I played in when it's snowy games or when we did backyard football. Or we played on the road. Yeah, tack on the road. I I, I would never do that again. 
<laughs> I would never do that again. Can't. Too old now. <laughs> Too broken down for that. So that's going to end episode 32. I did this. I would have done this on Friday. But due to the storm, that is possibly going to, you know, hey, I, I, I may not have power. So that's why I did that. I, I You just got to be, you know what I mean? And I want to get something out there. Been a while. Well, a couple of days. You know, so thank you for everyone who has tuned in, that has listened. Um, other, th- work, other, you know, topics are definitely in in the works before 2023 i want to have uh i'm going to do a a a episode on what games that i'm looking forward to play of video games by the way and what movies or tv shows that i can't wait to watch so that would be coming sometime um i also got something in the works of you know stay away from frauds Um, but you know, there's other advice type of shit out there. It's, you know, still graphic stuff that I'll be talking about, you know, so that's, that's, that those are coming. Of course, you know, the, um, movie night will be coming back eventually again. So yeah, (laughs) this episode is definitely a longer one. So, to episode 33, Salute Nation.